changing race in the New Jersey presidential primaries. Early returns give Taft 12,000, Eisenhower 11,500. Keep tuned to your NBC station for the later news. The Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Gil Stratton Jr., Gloria McMillan, Cliff Arquette, Lou Krugman, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. With the arrival of the first baby in your home, your way of living is bound to change. But you don't need to change the brand of milk you use if that brand is pet evaporated milk. For the pet milk, which helps many a young wife fix the kind of food her husband likes best, is the very same brand doctors recommend so highly for babies. And this you can be sure of. No brand of milk you can buy is better for babies than pet milk. No milk is easier for a baby to digest. No milk is more uniformly rich. No milk has a better balance of the important milk minerals and vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin. And it's that combination which helps pet milk babies have such strong, straight bones and sound teeth. Helps them make good, steady growth. So give your first baby a good start in life by giving him pet brand evaporated milk. When you see how he grows and thrives on this safe, easy-to-digest milk, you'll do as millions of devoted mothers do. You'll see to it that all your babies are happy, sturdy, pet milk babies. At 79 Wistful Vista, the start of a new day is somewhat like the start of a race. The wife lines up at the kitchen stove, the husband lines up at the breakfast table, and they're off at the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. holding up breakfast, kiddo. Let's eat. I'm as hungry as a last year's bird's nest. I'm as empty as a last year's bird's nest. <laughs> we better do them all twice. <laughs> now, McGee, we just got downstairs, and I barely started to boil the water for the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Please hold your horses that you eat like. <laughs> well, I'm as hungry as a horse, I'll admit that. If you got a bale of hay handy to tide me over... To now, the... relax a minute. Turn on the radio. Listen to some music. Okay. I'm going to starve to death. I might as well do it to music. WVIS has records. Well, folks, that was Ronnie Bay, the tearful tenor, with his latest recording, The Big Black Cloud That Bawled. I'm glad I missed that one. They all weep these days, don't they? Yeah, it seems to be a requirement. No sob, no job. The last 15 minutes of recorded music was brought to you by Cheap Charlie Morgan's Cut-Rate Clothing Store. Cheap Charlie sells clothes cheap because the clothes at Cheap Charlie's are cheap clothes. <laughs> Very sincere commercial. Yeah. The next group of records will be presented through the courtesy of Tony Ippolito, the genial, jovial proprietor of Tony's Roma Restaurant at 14th and Oak. Today, Tony has an important announcement to make. More talk, heavenly day. He's decided to give his customers a break and serve them all the food they can eat for just one dollar. Listen for further details after the next recorded selection, which will be, You Got Very Damp When I Cried Over You. (laughs) Sung by Lonnie J. the Blubbering Baritone. Hey, you hear that? 
I don't blame you for turning it off, dearie. I wouldn't enjoy that one either. Huh, that ain't why I cut it off. Didn't you hear what he said about all you can eat for a buck at the Roma restaurant? Yes, I did. Well, what are we waiting for? We're going there to eat breakfast. Well, why not? This is a chance of a lifetime, kiddo. Single-handed, I'm going to eat enough to put genial, jovial Tony clean out of business. Grab your hat. I'll grab my coat, and we'll both grab a streetcar. My goodness, this is a terrible streetcar. The noise it makes. Yeah, sounds like a keg of nails rolling down the Rocky Mountains. But boy, when I think of the food I'm going to eat for one bucket. Talk reason next. Talk reason with Dawson Prostran. And we're out for Prostran. Did you ever notice that conductor, McGee? He has a sort of an accent, hasn't he? Yeah, at least. He learned to talk that way as a child, they tell me. Really? Had a very interesting family. His father was a shoemaker and always talked through a mouthful of nails. And his mother was a tobacco auctioneer. With that background, he was a saint. Talk about the Travers next. Talk about the Travers. Connect with me with Travers and all the rest of them. Well, we should be getting near the Roma restaurant, dearie. It's along here someplace. Yeah, I'll check with the conductor. Hey, bud, how far is the Roma restaurant? Almost all the Roma restaurant, Mac. Oil of Chibigan. Okay? <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, bud. It's the next stop, Molly. Well, how on earth did you figure that out? I looked out the window. <laughs> Just beyond Kramer's drugstore, and there's Kramer's now. Well, if I had to figure Call that... Call for Lazimuk next. Call for Lazimuk. Change for nerf. <laughs> Come on, this is it. Call for Lazimuk. Call out for Call for Lazimuk. Next time. Watch it, Molly. Give me your hand. Watch step, please. Take the first model test company. Book! <laughs> No, we're right in front of the place, kiddo. Come on, let's get in and grab a table. My, the Roma hasn't changed much since the last time we were here. No, nothing new but the prices, kiddo. At these prices, all these... No, no, America, look who's here. It's the Signora McGee and Bellissima Signora. I kiss your hand. Not mine, you don't. <laughs> a long time to see you, Wallo. Yeah. Here, I give you the best table in the house. Well, thank you, Tony. This is so nice. A patch of my life. You know my motto, Signora. Make it a Roma, you home. Now, I take you order myself in a person. Oh, fine. Thanks, Tony. Well, what do you have, Molly? Well, toast and coffee and two medium boiled eggs. Toast and coffee, boiled eggs. I got them done. Well, put down some biscuits, a few muffins, a pot of chocolate, uh, some coffee, two fried eggs, two scrambled eggs, two poached eggs, six strips of bacon... Uh, seven strips of bacon, side of country sausage, stack of hotcakes, a waffle, a couple of grapefruit, and an order of French fries. How many friends you expect? None. That's for me, Tony. I'm sort of hungry today. You're not just a whistling a Dixie Kitch. I'll go make an order. McGee, I'm ashamed of you. Just because the food only costs a dollar, you don't have to stuff yourself like a pelican turned loose in a tank full of guppies. My gosh, kiddo, a bargain ain't a bargain if you don't take advantage of it. Don't worry about me stuffing myself. I've always been a hearty eater. You ain't a whistling Dixie, kiddo. <laughs> Even when I was a kid, I was no slouch. In fact, I was only eight years old when I entered a pie-eating contest at the old settler's picnic against a bunch of full-grown men. There's a prize for the one who ate 20 pies first, and 
I'd have won it, except for a slight misunderstanding. A misunderstanding? Yeah, I thought the paper plates they served the pies on were the bottom crusts. <laughs> Eating them kind of slowed me down. Well, something better slow you down today. That breakfast you just ordered. Oh, look who just came huh? in. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Oh, hi, Latrell. Oh, good morning, Molly. Hello, McGee. Having a little breakfast? He's having a lot of breakfast, Mr. Mayor. Will you join us? Oh, thank you, Molly. I can't stay. I just dropped in to reserve a table for dinner tonight. Miss Newell and myself. Oh, well, you picked a good place to bring her to, Latrev. You know the slogan here. If she eats you out of house and homa, bring her down to Tony's Roma. <laughs> That's cute, McGee. Isn't it, Mr. Mayor? Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, though, Miss Newell doesn't have a large appetite at all. Oh? Among her friends, she has a reputation for being a light eater. No kidding, a light eater, huh? How'd she ever pick up a habit like that, Latrell? <laughs> a habit like what, McGee? Eating lights, Mr. McGee. Yeah. <laughs> does she just take them right out of their sockets and chew them up, or does she parboil them first? No, 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 not at all, Molly. I'm afraid you misunderstood me. <laughs> she must I'm... have a picnic around Christmas time, Latrell. <laughs> Somebody else, everybody else eating candy and popcorn balls, and she just sits there chomping on a string of life. <laughs> oh, it must make it pretty hard to decorate the tree if she keeps chewing up the light bulbs all the time, because there's never enough anyway, just, uh, you know. Just, just, just a minute, Molly, please. I didn't say that Miss Newell chews light bulbs. She doesn't at all. Oh, she just gulps them down whole like eating oysters, does she? Yes, yes. Uh, no, no, no. She no, I'd like I, to see that. Takes a pretty big mouth type of dame to swallow a light bulb, boy, because even if... Lillian you... is not a big mouth to anything. Now, look, this is getting very say, much out of say, hand. Uh, speaking of a big mouth, <laughs> McGee got a bowling ball stuck in his mouth once. <laughs> yes, that was a billiard ball, Molly. Oh, yes, a billiard ball. Uh, did Miss Newell ever eat any billiard balls, Mr. Mayor? Because they ought to taste better than these. Well, no, of course not. Look, when I said Miss Newell is a light eater, I simply meant she has a delicate appetite. Oh, I a delicate that... appetite? She keeps stuffing herself with old light bulbs between meals. She's bound to lose her appetite. No wonder she... She doesn't light herself with old stuff bulbs. Stuff <laughs> herself with old lighter blubs. Lighter love. Club! Miss Newell never wallowed a slight club. Wallowed a light cup in her spite. Light! I really said the girl is the wife beater. The light beater. Wife beater. I didn't say anything. You were the one. It was just. I was just. It was just. often said you'd like a job in my office. There'll be an opening in the city hall tomorrow, and you're the man I'd like to put in it. Yes, well, what do you call it? The elevator shaft. Good day. <laughs> the King's Men and the Moon Was Yellow.
He'd have to be carried out of here by two men, hmm? the Mayo brothers. <laughs> oh gosh, I didn't eat so much. Only eggs, bacon, ham, sausage, hotcakes, waffles, cereal. Hey, wait a minute! I didn't have any cereal. Hey, Tony! You yell out loud for me, Senor. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to order cereal. Bring me some hot oatmeal. With uh, some... Sorry, Senor. I don't serve cereal now because while you ate, it stopped being breakfast time. Now is lunch time. Oh, oh, lunch time. Well, that's okay. Give me a lunch menu. McGee. What's wrong, kiddo? I always eat lunch. Well, here's a lunch menu. I recommend the spaghetti and a meatball. Good. I'll take them. And bring me the veal scallopini, the beef stew, a green salad, side order of raviola, and a stack of pizzas. <laughs> well, I guess that'll hold me for now, Tony. I think you make a good guess. Now I go break the news to the cook. Oh, McGee, this is incredible. Right on top of that huge breakfast you ordered. Well, hello, Mrs. McGee, Mr. McGee. Oh. Well, Debbie Lynn. Hello, dear. Hi, Debbie. Where's your boyfriend? Oh, hi, Ed. Pull up a chair, kids. Oh, we've already eaten, Mr. McGee. Thanks. Huh? Yes, and besides, Ed has to get back to his job. If he's late, Mr. Kramer throws a fit. How come you're eating here, Ed? I thought you got your food at the drugstore for free. Oh, I do, sir, but some days I just can't face it. Yeah? It's always sandwiches, sandwiches, sandwiches. <laughs> I'm getting so I can't look a Swiss in the rye anymore. Well, don't you worry, Ed. I'm taking the domestic science course at school, you know, and after we're married, I'll cook all your meals. I hope so. How are you getting along with the course, Debbie? Well, my meat and vegetable and dessert grades haven't been too good, Mrs. McGee. In fact, there's only one thing I've made an A on. What's that? Well, sandwiches. <laughs> well, uh... I'd better get back to work, Mr. McGee. Ah, that's the spirit, Ed. You work hard, boy, and save your money. And one of these days, you'll have yourself a stack. Yes, sir. You know what the stack will be, don't you? Hmm? Sandwiches. Huh. Come on, Debbie. Goodbye. Goodbye. Come on, kid. Look at him holding hands, McGee. Aren't they cute? So in love. Yeah. And speaking of love, Molly. Yes, dearie, yes. I'd love to eat here every day. <laughs> Just think. Breakfast and lunch for only a buck. That's the... I say something wrong? 
Stupid. Oh. My goodness, if I ever thought I'd have to play second fiddle to a platter of spaghetti and meatballs. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Looks like everybody's eating at Tony's today, and I don't blame him. Pull up a chair. Oh, thanks, pal, but I'm on my way to put a call to Hollywood and close a big deal. Oh? I saw you and Molly through the window and dashed in to tell you about it. Well, who are you calling in Hollywood, Mr. Wilcox? Walt Disney. Walt Disney? Yeah, oh. I've got a great story for him. Oh. It's a sort of a sequel to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. What's the name of your epic? Coffee Black and the Two Dwarfs. Would you like to hear it? Is there any way of stopping you? No. Go ahead. All right, now listen to this. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, there was a very attractive girl named Coffee Black. And all her life, she dreamed of being the favorite of the great Prince John. Prince John? Yes, his full name was John Q. Public. Oh, yes, I've heard of him. Well, Prince John Q. Public was fond of Coffee Black, but not really crazy about her. Mm -hmm. To him, she seemed to lack something. You sure you didn't swipe this from Grimm's fairy tales, Junior? <laughs> Sounds pretty grim to me. I see. Go ahead, Mr. Wilcox. Well, sir, one day Coffee Black was walking in the woods, and she came to a little house. And there she found two dwarfs, Lumpy and Milky. Uh-oh. I'm already suspicious of that last one. Well, Coffee Black told them how she wanted to captivate Prince John Public, and they agreed to help her. Lumpy said, I can make you sweeter. And little Coffee said, go right ahead, sugar. You see, Lumpy is really a lump of sugar. Cute oh. dialogue, huh? Yeah, too cute for words. <laughs> At least any words I can say out loud. Well, Lumpy made her sweeter, but the prince still didn't fall for coffee black. Oh? So she went back to the dwarfs, and Milky said, I'll make you richer and lovelier. And coffee said, Milky, you're a pet. Pet Milky, get it? <laughs> yeah, I get it, but I ain't sure I want it. <laughs> well... Milky made Coffee Black richer and lovelier with a marvelous creamy complexion. And when Prince John Public saw her, he said, My pet, you're for me. Oh. And the moral of this story is, if you want coffee fit for a prince, always use pet milk to give your coffee that fine creamy color and satisfying goodness every coffee lover loves. And you'll drink happily ever after. You expect to sell that to Disney? Why, of course. Oh? It may not be art. But it certainly is commercial. <laughs> See you later, kid. Wasn't that a cute story, dearie? You know, he has a hold talent. It, kiddo, hold it. Here comes the food. Oh, look at that. What a magnificent lunch you're coming out. Wow. Just the feast you rise on those magnificent meatballs. Oh, boy. I go bring it up to you, scallopini, the salad, and all the rest. Oh, Whoa. just look at that, Molly. There's a lunch fit for a king. That's fit for about four kings. <laughs> and a jack. Huh? Look, J or J McGee, I'm going to run over to the beauty parlor while you're eating. Just the sight of all that. Oh, food. don't run out on a bargain like this, Molly. You sure you can't eat some more? I'll feed you all you want today, kiddo. Well, frankly, dearie, I'm fed up. Oh. I'll see you later. Oh, what's the matter with her? I don't get it. <laughs> Mills in the orchestra and the Newland Rag.
Might as well give me another cup of coffee while I'm waiting for Molly, I guess. Cup of coffee number 17 are coming up. <laughs> you can clear away these dishes, too, whenever you want to. I couldn't eat another bite. Good. Of lunch, that is. As soon as Molly gets here, we'll probably order some dinner. You know, there's a one thing good about you, McGee. Your appetite. Yeah. I'll never see... Ah, here's the senora now. Sit down, Mrs. McGee. Thank you, Tony. Well, I see you're still here, dearie. Yep. Just killing time till you got back, Tootsie. I'll bet you're killing the cook, too. Uh, don't you worry about the cook, Mrs. McGee. I'll bring you the dinner man, your senor, in case you get hungry. Heavenly days, McGee. How can you possibly pack away any more food? Well, frankly, I don't know, but this wasn't my idea, you know. It was Tony's idea to give his customers all they can eat for a dollar. Who am I to disappoint a guy that's got his heart set on me eating all I want? Hello there, kids! Well, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hi, Oldtimer. What you doing here, kids? Eating or sucking? <laughs> well, a little of both, Mr. Oldtimer. Will you join us? Thank you, daughter. I'm just taking a shortcut through here. I'm on the way to pick up my girlfriend, Bessie. Oh, Bessie. We haven't seen Bessie lately. How is she these days? Oh, she's fine, daughter. Pink of condition. Healthier than a brewery horse and just about as pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going on our annual family picnic at Dugan's Lake today. Family picnic, eh? Yep, me and Papa and Bessie and her mama. That's nice. Last year's was a real dinger. Ain't had so much fun since you could buy things for a nickel. <laughs> well, what did you do? Oh, we had us a picnic at the picnic, daughter. First, there was a baseball game between the old men and the young men. Played 50 innings to a scoreless tie. No scores at all? Nope. Papa was the entire old man's team, and I was the young man's team. Yeah. We'd get on base, all right, but we couldn't drive ourselves in. <laughs> Must have been a fascinating game. Well, sir... After we got through the ball game, we ate. Oh. Then we frolicked in the lake for a spell, and Bessie and her mama said they'd bury me in the sand. Oh, how cute. They started burying me, but right in the middle of it, I made a startling discovery. I got up and took off like a quail. Why, old-timer? Well, I noticed just Bessie was covering me up. Yeah? Her mama had a hammer and a chisel and was carving me a headstone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've often wondered where they dug that guy up, and now I'm beginning to wonder why. He's the... Now, look, McGee, Tony's coming with the dinner menu, but I want you to send it back. Look at your belt. You can't eat any more. You're so right. 
Thank the man and pay him and let's go home. Well, here's the dinner menu, McGee. The special for tonight. Now, don't tell me, Tony. Don't tell me. I'm quitting, boy. I just realized I've had enough. I'm very disappointed, senor. Yeah? I just tell my cook to get ready with a dinner and a stand by when a McGee blows up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm stuffed. I want to congratulate you on a swell advertising idea, though, Tony. That gimmick of all you can eat for a dollar is the greatest thing I ever heard of. As soon as that catches on, you'll pack this joint. Yes, Tony, you'll make everything but money. Yeah. yeah I'm glad you like the idea. I hope you both come back tomorrow when the offer starts. <laughs> tomorrow? I heard it on the radio today, and that's why I came down here. I guess you don't listen to the whole announcement, McGee. Huh? Tomorrow, all you can eat for a dollar. Today, here's a you check. Oh, my God. Oh, look at that. $17.65. Oh, this, this is inflation. Fibber and Molly return in a moment. You know, it seems to me mothers get smarter and smarter all the time. For instance, in the old days when it came time to wean the baby, some mothers would switch to ordinary bottled milk. Well, he had a time of it, too, because the baby was used to pet evaporated milk, and he had some pretty definite ways of telling Mom he didn't like any change in diet. Well, these days, mothers don't have that trouble at weaning time. They just keep baby on pet milk, and everything's rosy. Baby liked pet milk in the bottle, he likes it in the glass. And even more important, the very same protective substances in pet evaporated milk that help babies build sound teeth, strong, straight bones, and make sturdy, steady growth help youngsters through all their growing years. Yes, it's getting so in happy homes throughout the country. Youngsters have safe, easy-to-digest pet milk from the time they're born till they have pet milk babies of their own. Which is probably one reason why there are more sturdy, happy youngsters today than ever before. McGee, come on back up to bed. What are you doing out there in the dark? Oh... Nothing. McGee, for good heavens sake, get away from that icebox. Icebox? Oh, I thought that was the medicine chest. <laughs> good night. Good night, all. The first evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? To most newly married couples, a first house is a dream to be realized. And to most older couples, the first house is a dream to be remembered. And to a young couple like Jim and Sally Carter, leaving the first house becomes a reality that isn't easily faced as you'll hear in the story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. The second big feature is the recipe of the week for Fruit Kisses, a colorful springtime dessert that looks and tastes extra special, yet costs very little. Don't miss Pet Milk's big double feature Mary Lee Taylor program, a Saturday morning favorite on NBC. Now, Eddie Cantor brings you more fine entertainment on NBC. 